the snap, and the ball is free. It's picked up by Michigan State. Jalen wants Jackson, and he scores. This is going to run it all the way back. Auburn's going to win the football game. NIL, which is short for Name, Image, and Podcast. And the watch this is thank you to NIL. Oh, we're back. It's been it's been a while. It's been what two weeks, ten days, <laughs> something eleven like days, something like that. What uh, is we time? Get, yeah, what is time anymore? You're right, and you know, we've had a lot going on. You know, you boy, you moved back back to the homeland, Colorado, <laughs> Colorado, yep. Colorado, whatever. <laughs> Those mountains suck. Let's you back, <laughs> back to the Olsen Manor. You got your sweet little man cave set up. Oh yeah, yeah. If you're, if you are off, been a dispensary, but continue, Kyle, continue. I was going to say, yeah, if you're a vodka lemonade anywhere within, I don't know, 65 miles, you've probably been consumed already by one Michael Adam Wills. I've had a vodka lemonade every night so far. It's a problem, (laughs) but it's just, it's so, a Tito's and just the sugar-free lemonade, I'm like, it's just so good. It's just so freaking good. Right. And you're not going to get ham, you're not going to get like sauce off it. It's just the perfect, like, take off the edge, a little nice portion. You know? Like I, I think my problem was is like I, I lived in my college years where it was like every time I opened up any sort of hard liquor bottle, it all just had to go inside of me and there's no in between. But now I've realized like we're adults now. You can have like a drink and be good. And it's just like it's just you with your like fizzies. Except for these just don't have carbonation, which is like just the best. Right. And they're just nice and flat. And I'm like, oh, the best. And high noons. We got a couple high noons fired up. Oh, the best. Right, yeah, and then and then then you know maybe snap it off a little later with a little medicinal, you know, half at a half at a piece. <laughs> hey, a medicinal for you people, fucking recreational yeah. for yeah, us. Rec- yeah, of course. God, isn't that nice? But what else is nice? We are naming this podcast. I don't know. We're episode. I don't know what episode we're on. Like high thirties, mid thirties. I don't know, but we've been. We've been doing this thing, you know, it's been, uh, it's not always super, you know, easy or convenient, but we enjoy doing it, you know, and it's, uh, we just, uh, we scour the internet every day to try to find cool articles and stuff to talk about. And we got, yeah, we got a few for you today. Uh, <laughs> nothing really like astounding as far as the NIL news goes. And we, I think we both figured it would probably die down a little bit, um, this summer. You think it, it, it's related to the Jimbo saving thing where everyone's like okay maybe we should all just shut up about this for a yeah, right weeks. right it's, it's because we can't you know like this is one of the why can't we ever have anything nice and this is 100 a tinfoil hat but i'm thinking that the ncaa has their best pr people on this to start stifling any other nil news because once we get like we we knew to a degree that the finger point game was going to be coming it was going to come about like we there's no way around that I don't think that everybody thought it was going to be this soon before the first season even started fully under NIL. And so now here we are already pointing fingers, allegations are flying. So I think this is tinfoil hat stuff. I, there might be a little bit of the NCAA going out and like maybe trying to suppress some of this, but I could be wrong. Huh? I could be wrong. Right. And uh, just to kind of wrap this up, and I think this is great. Um, the uh, LSU AD, Scott Woodward, who <laughs> I don't know if he was there during the whole uh, – I don't think he's a great person. Maybe he, this is the new one. I don't know. I don't know. But anyway, so who cares really what the LSU AD really has to say. But I did enjoy this. He went on the Paul Bi- Paul Feinbaum show, hey, your boy, right. <laughs> Paul. Paul. Um, <laughs> and uh, he was asked about the Nick Saban-Jimbo Fisher feud in which uh, Scott Woodward replied – uh, not going to get in between two hillbillies. <laughs> Said, I'm not going to get in between two hillbillies fighting from West Virginia. That's a no-win situation. Uh, would have said when he made an appearance on the Paul Feinbaum show on Wednesday. And, um, yeah, I mean, that's, that's, that's pretty spot on. I think, uh, I think, I think that's a fair <laughs> comment from him, you know, but, uh, yeah, old Nick this, came out and he said he's not going to talk about it anymore and that this and that and blah, blah, blah. And, well, and they had to be, I'm sure you saw, they had to be seated like completely apart from each other at the SEC meetings. Like they had like, there, I, there was like a, a photo that got leaked to like the seating chart and they're like on complete opposite sides, pretty much like where you couldn't even make eye contact with each other. And I was like. What babies. This, this what big babies. I would love to be like whoever kind of kicks off to me. Like, you know, like how there's some you know people will like hire like a like a comedian or something to kind of like break the ice and like you know get get the blood flowing a little bit it'd be great to have somebody go in there and just start roasting them you know just to get off the set off the media day but oh 100 anyway. but that's i i feel like that's where the sec and in, in this could be kind of an intentional you know you kind of 
keep dominating the talk as far as it means more, but there's a little more fire going into this, this season. And obviously Nick Saban, probably because he's coming down to the end of his career, but he seems to be a little more, a little more vocal, especially last couple seasons. But I just, the SEC is just on edge right now. And I'm not sure what caused it, what sparked it, but like you got Lane Kiffin out here, just doing Lane Kiffin things, LSU, calling people hillbillies. Like it's awesome. This, this is going to shape up to be, I think one of the better, SEC seasons across the board that we've we've seen in a while, but we I'm hope a, so. I'm a homer, so. We hope so. Little. Yeah, I mean, we're gonna analyze some schedules as well. Um, there's some spicy like non-conference, but you know, it's uh, like right now that's kind of the news. It's the, the schedule releases and things like that. Lots of conference realignment stuff still going on, but. We are Name Image Podcast. We specialize, and specialize I use very loosely, but we, we like to talk about the NIL article. And there was just uh, there was just one that really caught our eye. And boy, if there is ever a reason that we wanted to kind of hate Texas a little bit more, uh, <laughs> this is probably it. But Quinn Ewers and Xavier Worthy. So Quinn Ewers, he was like the all-phenom freshman QB who went to Ohio State basically to get the bag and then transferred back to Texas. And Xavier Worthy, Worthy, who is just fucking incredible. He's a, a, an awesome wide receiver. Probably will be one of the top ones off the board, I'm sure, uh, in this next draft. But they launch NIL partnership with Epic Games' Fortnite. And listen, we, yeah, we, are, right. we are a Fortnite fan. You know, everyone likes to shit on Fortnite. Yes, a lot of children play that game. We, <laughs> you know. Shut you're, you're the king shitter on Fortnite. What are you talking about? I, uh, listen, listen, listen. <laughs> It's just we got we got into other things, you know. But now Fortnite, especially with like their new build mode stuff, I'll I'll, I'll give them credit where it's due. It's it's still very very fun. Uh, Apex <laughs> You're is making better. Fortnite sound like a gateway drug. Like, well, it used it to be is. Fortnite, but we got into other things. <laughs> right. Yeah. Basically, it started with Fortnite. But yeah, so they have a like a partnership with them. So it's like Quinn Ewers, he like tweeted like about the no build battle royale is here. Blah blah blah. Check it out. Um. God, as long as they just don't make them characters in this game, oh, they're I'm going fine. to. Uh, I'm sure they will. I'm sure they will. All it, the little Texas. And that's will. what that's what I was about to say. Like this is gonna this is gonna bring us immense gratification and also immense misery because it's either gonna go one of two ways. Either you're gonna kill a Quinn Ewers character in Fortnite, and it's just like we'll be throwing the horns down at our monitors and like laughing in our headsets, or Quinn Ewers is gonna. 360 no scope and then he's gonna start dancing on our dead bodies and it's just gonna be a wrap from there so i mean there's no middle ground this is either the most inferior infuriating experience of our lives or just total bliss and i'm kind of here for it kyle to be honest with you right i mean just imagine some of the coaches like looking into this and being like a Fortnite, like this like nick saban imagine nick saban on the sticks you know we we gotta make it happen Listen, if you get all the coaches on the sticks, Lane Kiffin's coming out with the dub, no question. Oh, yeah. Oh, you know he plays Fortnite. Absolutely. Absolutely. And then he'd take out everyone's girlfriends while they're at it as well. Because <laughs> uh, that's just where we're at. But, yeah, I mean, that that really that really is the NIL news of, the, of like, almost, like, the last two weeks. There, ha- You know, there's just been a lot of, like, kind of back and forth and people still yeah. trying to kind of figure it out. But, um you know, we're just kind of move more toward the, you know, kind of the recruiting seasons. Uh, I mean, right. I guess it's still. I mean, it, the narrative, the narrative stays the same though, right? Like, like me and you have talked about it here before. There will be reports of like of newer deals, but I, I feel like we're kind of over that that initial like shock wave of like, oh, like look at this deal, like look at this deal, like look at this deal. I'm sure we'll get some that come through that are like, oh, like that's pretty cool. But I I feel like again at this point we're just waiting for nil gone bad as the next thing that moves the moves the needle in the nil conversation. I I I feel like we've kind of been here. The ridiculous numbers is probably going to be the common thread, like just the amount of money that's getting thrown around. That's always kind of impressive and noteworthy. But until I feel like we're at a spot now where we're just going to kind of cruise until nil goes wrong and somebody gets busted, and then that's going to be the next kind of mover in the conversation. Right, and Billy Napier from Florida, uh, he's a Florida football head coach. Um, he says that they that the Florida football program won't get involved in NIL bidding wars. But then the first comment on this is, uh, yeah, the program won't, but <laughs> but the boosters more than likely. Will. And that's kind of what the what the front is, right? The the coaches are going to go about their day and say we're not going to get involved, but it's going to be out of sight, out of mind. But it, it's it's God, it's going to be hard for them, you know, because yeah. it's just there's going to yeah. be a lot of. Just like we saw with that Miami basketball player who's basically like, I led this team to an elite eight, so I want all this money. And it's just like, bro, like, I don't know if it works like that, you know? Yeah. Uh, 
just well, it, maybe it does. You know, maybe it will for someone. It you know? kind of does. I mean, it, it's it, they, they. We should go to a studio and pitch the documentary idea of just kind of like a step back in history of the relationship between boosters and programs. Because you just hit the nail right on the head. It's like these programs are going to come out and, and they're just going to wipe their hands clean, metaphorically speaking, of like, like we're not going to pay. Like, we're not going to get in the business, business of this. Like, that's not our problem. And then wink, wink on the side. Of course they know what they're doing. And, and you know, Alabama sitting in a, you know, Nick Saban sitting in a room full of boosters making these comments that he did are 100% the driving force of these boosters in their, in their new role. I mean, the boosters already had a, a, a humongous role in, in the recruiting and the successful program anyways. This is like now more than ever their time to shine. Like this is it. This is their, this is their Super Bowl, Kyle, and they need to step up and they need to do what they need to do to make sure that we can pay these players ridiculous amounts of money. Miami, right. That Miami guy deserves that money, Kyle. You know it. You know it. I know it. I mean, all this just goes to show is like all of us who, you know, we look at gas prices, food prices, all this stuff. <laughs> Jesus Christ. And these boosters, it just shows you how much money that was amassed by rich, you know, shocker. This is probably a conversation for another pod, but they just have so much money that they're like, yeah, let's just give it away to kids. What, you know, yeah. whatever. But hey, th- this, hey, found another great comment. Another it, great and it's, comment. It, it's incestual. It's an incestual process because right. it's, it's, it's okay. I'm going to give all this money. But then on the back end, they're just going to be able to, at the end of the tax, you'll be like, oh, well, uh, technically I donated, you know, so much money to this university. Yeah. And, and then now it's going to be these nonprofit collectives. Like, oh, right. I donated, I donated to the collective. Right. <laughs> right. And this is to empower blah, blah, blah. Yeah, whatever. So they, they're just, they just going to keep getting tax write-offs on their recruiting. They're the, they're the best recruiters we have. You could have the biggest football mind in the world. The best recruiter you have is the richest guy on your payroll. Or not the payroll, but the booster <laughs> roll. Right. Uh, this is great, though. So our boy Colin Cowherd, friend of the pod, obviously, um, he, he made this uh, just a couple of days ago, but he made a comment on USC, Jordan Addison and NIL. So here we go. Got to get my my reading, get my readers, <clears throat> my readers. Um, and I quote, <clears throat> I know this for a fact because I'm fairly close to the USC program. Shocker. That's all he talks about is USC. They didn't pay him. It's not an NIL deal. Now it can become that. But this was not a paycheck. Jordan Addison, you can go ahead. <laughs> this is great. Jordan Addison, you can go ahead on your Reddit board and your fanboy board, and they think they just bought him. They didn't. Now, do they think that he's going to get some NIL money? Absolutely. This is a star-driven town. He's an ama- amazing player. But this kid, from what I was told, Lincoln Riley, Caleb Williams, and they said, it's Los Angeles. It's USC. Your ceiling, you're not close yet. And it really moved him. Right. <laughs> oh, God bless Colin. You know, it's just, uh, I'm, you know, falling out of touch with him. But uh, I, I was I was about to say, I haven't, I feel like in our college years, he was a little more prominent and, and I hear a lot more about him. I haven't heard about Colin Coward and, and, and it probably died when his Baker Mayfield beef kind of was ended because Baker Mayfield is now a backup or whatever's going to happen with him. But that was kind of what kept him in relevancy was just his hatred and his proclaimed grudge against Baker Mayfield. But I haven't heard from Colin Coward in a minute. So it's good to hear from him, Kyle. I'm glad you brought that up. Yeah. You know, I'm glad he has uh, I listen, he's, he's amazing at what he does. And it's just, it's like comments like that that are just so funny. Cause all he's doing is just, huh? just, Kind of throwing a little smoke screen out there, and just it's, say, you it's know. the last of the dying breeds. I, I, we and we, I, I feel like we have may have mentioned this on here before, but it's the days of these these Skip Baylesses and the Colin Cowherds, and you know the changing of the old guard. These guys who just spew out these you know Stephen A. Smith esque takes are probably going to come to an end soon, which I'm not I'm not upset about because it's just some of them are just so blatantly dumb. It's like what are we doing here? But probably, they probably listen to our podcast and think the same thing. So. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah I'm, sure, I'm sure that's what happens but anyways yeah i mean the nil it, it's not going anywhere it's just gonna be more fun as we you know and and you know i am kind of looking a little bit more forward to like when there's a little bit more structure because it kind of yeah. gives us kind of some kind of some fucking guardrails to say you know to kind of shoot between but uh nonetheless that's just not gonna happen yet and until then uh, good luck, everybody else. You know, <laughs> I feel like it, 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 to get me to a spot, and this is obviously who cares about my opinion, but in my opinion, to get me to a spot where it's like I feel a little bit more warm and fuzzy about nil is like give me make it almost public information, like like find a way to bring all this stuff kind of above board and, and kind of cleaner because it, now it's like 
there's all these reported numbers coming from sources right. and it's like well yeah. there's just so much money flying around like how are we keeping tabs on all this like how like how is this not just everybody's treading in the gray area which i'm sure they are but it's like we got to catch the people that aren't in the gray area that are the bad area but I, I don't know how that is but maybe just a little more public transparency but even then i mean who knows do you want to talk about georgia football and what winning a ta- natty does they just approved a 68.5 million dollar Samford Stadium project. Hell yeah. Jeez. Gotta love it. Just the amount of money. And that's why, you know, we always go back to it. The amount of money that's flying around this this dumb little sport that we love. Uh it's good that it's uh <laughs> trickling down to the to the players right about now. Listen, so. listen, it's 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 pr- it's just an easy it's an easy concept once you break it down, Kyle. It's just it, entertainment. We pay for entertainment. No different than movies and Netflix and TV shows. Football is entertainment and people are gonna pay the price to make a more entertaining product. That's where we're at. That's why the SEC is king, Kyle. It's a better product all around. I love it. I love it. It's great. So you have some schedule analysis. Yep. Where do you want? Where do you want it? I figure we'll hit the the main. Obviously, this is a Spartan Utah talk, Utes. Talk, talk about SEC. The, the SEC stuff that you. Uh... Okay. Well, I mean. So there's a lot, obviously, still the conversation around conference realignment, and and I and I know Nick Saban earlier this week said he'd be in favor of a like a three six format, like three constant opponents, six inter conference opponents every year. Obviously, that's for a problem later on down the road. But for the time being, Kyle, and it's funny you just mentioned Georgia. What a what a program benefiting from a natty. Uh, they came out. This is from the U the Ugly Wire USA Today, and they they ranked. All the schedules by strength of schedule. Georgia being ranked with the easiest schedule going into this season, Kyle. Can you believe it? <laughs> well, it's because they don't have to play Georgia. So is that, well, now, now hold on. This is so they are Georgia. Here's here's the cross divisional games: Auburn, Mississippi State. Obviously, those aren't cakewalks, but in the grand scheme of the SEC, two of the the lower echelon programs as it stands. Hardest games. They got a neutral side against Oregon, but let's let's be real with ourselves. I don't know. The, you never know. Oregon. I mean, it's it's a new new coach, new yeah. new team. In uh, Georgia, by all accounts, is I mean, it's just rinse repeat at this point. Like uh, it's in between them and Alabama again, and as far as favored in Vegas, but same team essentially. So you're gonna have Oregon, Auburn, Florida, Tennessee as your those those are your hardest games on your schedule this year as a returning Natty champion. So. Yeah. I, I don't. I hate to break. I hate to be the bear of bad news, Kyle. But I think we're gonna see a lot more red and black in the con or the the, the college football playoffs. Right, and I'm sure if you looked across the aisle, I'm sure Alabama doesn't really have much of a. So so Alabama number eleven, the eleven, the, they're bringing in number eleven. So not the easiest, but definitely not the hardest. Uh, I mentioned it on the pod, so it's not a surprise to you, Kyle. But our our Vanderbilt Commodores, uh, number one hardest schedule in the SEC. And would you would you care to hear about who their cross divisional games are? Yeah, let's, let's hear it. <laughs> you got a boy Lane Kiffin. They're playing. Wow. Uh, and I'm at home, so that's comforting to a degree. But then you got to go play at Alabama. <laughs> yeah. And then on top of that, South Carolina, Kentucky, Florida, Tennessee. Obviously, they have a couple easy ones in Hawaii. Elon and I mean Wake Forest was your was your dark horse last season. I still think they're just as good. So that's not a cakewalk. Uh, but then they also play at Georgia, at Missouri, at Alabama. So, our RIP are Commodores. <laughs> yeah, they kind of just exist to uh, to kind of pad the schedule. <laughs> to feed, feed the machine, baby. <laughs> yeah, basically, yep. Yeah, pretty much. So, yeah. uh, but it, it's one of those deals where it's like I look at this and the fact that – and I know – Again, like you like you said right when I mentioned it, it's Georgia. They're the best team in college football, so technically anything on the schedule should be at least doable. But I mean, that's that's a pretty easy schedule, relatively speaking. Like Oregon, you, I, I'm sure when it was on the schedule when they first put this together, and, and I know you you tried to build the case up for, but it, it very well could be. I could be totally wrong. I just don't think – I think that that's going to be a nationally televised just ass-whooping again. I don't think Oregon's going to be able to hang with Georgia – Especially neutral site in Atlanta, but there's some there's some decent non-conference games too coming up. Um, let's see if let's see if like the the national schedules are are posted yet. But yeah, there there are some decent. Uh, let's see, yeah, there's gonna be nothing. Um, there's some decent matches like the Georgia. 
Uh, Oregon, obviously, is the one that we've already right. talked about. But, you know, like Michigan State plays Washington. I think Ohio State plays well, someone decent early as well. And as far as, like, interconference, it, it, it's like Vanderbilt. Ohio State, Notre Dame. That's on, like, the first weekend. So that's pretty cool. That's going to be a good one. That's a, but, but to wrap up my thought process of SEC, obviously it's not an easy conference. But, I mean – like I said earlier in the podcast, I think this is going to be one of the funner seasons to watch. And obviously, I know you're not an SEC guy. Not everybody's an SEC guy because not all of us come from an esteemed intelligence like myself. Uh, it's going to be – it's, it's going to be – I don't think there's a lot of easy kind of letdown spots in these schedules. Missouri, Vanderbilt. But, I mean, even like Kentucky, Tennessee's got a lot of promise coming into it. I mean, Auburn is Auburn, but they're never a slouch. So – I think, and I don't think this is a this is a hot take by any means, but the the level of play in the SEC, especially this season, is going to be so much fun to watch just from a college football perspective. Yeah, all we want is just some good like home and away series, you know, like to oh, yeah. you know, the, I get why you play your cupcakes if you're in the SEC and blah blah yeah. blah. Fucking listen to this schedule for the University of Michigan to open the season because you know why would why would anyone put it past the University of Michigan uh, finally make a college football playoff and they think they're high and mighty? Listen to this opening schedule. They open against the Rams of Colorado State. Hey, they then travel to Hawaii. I don't. They don't travel to Hawaii. Hawaii obviously travels to uh, Ann Arbor. Uh, and then Michigan has. A nice home game against the perennial powerhouse that is the Connecticut Huskies. <laughs> then they play Maryland, who's also a dumpster fire. <laughs> and then their first, so the all four, those first four games, all home games, mind you. Right. All right. home games. Then they finally go on the road at Iowa. And then at <laughs> Iowa, who knows what Iowa's going to do. And then Indiana, you, you just kind of know what to expect. And then it's home against Penn State. Home against Michigan State, on the road at Rutgers, home Nebraska, home Illinois, at Ohio State. Yeah, they got, they got, listen, I, I usually don't buy into your outlandish theories, but if you wanted to sell me on this, like the NCAA is trying to prop up the, <laughs> the mighty Wolverines as much as possible, this is a schedule that would 100% be. <laughs> well, I mentioned off the pod too. Supporting uh, evidence. Uh, you know, prior to the pod, especially with, you know, look, because there's, you know, there's another podcast and they kind of analyze all the Big Ten schedules. And it, this isn't unique to the Big Ten, but. A lot of these schedules, and you'll see it in the Pac-12 and you see it in the SEC, they are kind of structured to prop up those best teams because they don't want a bloodbath. They don't want everyone to beat each other and have hard schedules because that lessens your chance to get into the stupid four-team playoff. So, I mean, like even looking at oh, – let me look at Ohio State's real quick. Ohio State at least has a decent schedule-ish. They open with Notre Dame. Notre Dame's at least – they have a pulse. They're a good team. Mm -hmm. um, you know, that's at home – Home against Arkansas State, home against Toledo, and then home against Wisconsin. Wow, and then home against Rutgers. Oh, is the Notre Dame game must be a, a neutral? No, it's at it's at Ohio Stadium. Uh, are any of these games anywhere? No, they're they're all at Ohio Stadium apparently. So their first five games are all at home, which is crazy. Mm -hmm. And then it's on the road against Michigan State and Iowa, Penn State, Northwestern, Indiana, Maryland, and end the season. Uh, with Michigan, but my God, the first five games being at home and then, yeah. you know, yikes, yeah, you know, so, I mean, they, they have a nice, nice setup here. Let's just take a little gander at the you old know, Michigan state. Uh, well, and, uh, I was just saying, so we got, we have to spend time on this one. Cause this is, this is a staple program of the pod. So oh, I, now yeah. hold on, hold on. I want to, I'm going to read it off rapid fire style and i just off the off the top of your head i want a w or an l and then we'll go well, back let's look we'll, at the do they have do you think they have win totals yet over unders uh, let me let me look it up let me so let me roll through the schedule give me let give me look me at utah's real quick yeah let me look at utah okay. football okay i'll pull it up on DraftKings. that's we'll kind see. of a big deal because we know how kind of the uh the sec oh see utah's is fun i i like this a lot I like this a lot. utah's is a lot of fun and i want to get to them too but before before we bounce michigan state i just want off the cuff, W's and L's, and I want to see where we land, and I want to compare it to Vegas. So, okay. You just let me know when you're ready. Oh, I'm ready. I'm ready. Okay. All right. All right. So, Western Michigan. That's a dub. Akron. That's a win, obviously. Washington. I, I think that's Washington. a win. 
I think that's a win as well. I know that's kind of a tough spot. Washington's not necessarily in a great spot as a program. Uh, right. You saw it last year. We went. See, we are not afraid to leave the home state, Michigan and Ohio know. State. We are not afraid to travel and take on decent teams like Miami. We saw that last year, Washington. Um, you know, with with how this team's structured, uh, I would I would be very very surprised if if that's not a win as well. <laughs> okay, so we got we're three and zero so far at home, Minnesota. See, that's always a tough one because right, you, right. you've seen it in person where Minnesota can look like the worst team to ever play football, but then 100%. they come out and then you know it's the PJ Fleck that row the boat, this and that, you know. So that's probably the first toss up. Being that it's at home. I would I would expect a win there, but that right. is not like a surefire W. That that's 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 a butthole clincher. Okay. Yeah. All right. Uh, so four zero before we go to Maryland, October one. Uh, we we've had we've we've performed historically very well against Maryland, especially at Maryland. Yeah. We do very well. Um, I I know they kind of they, they had a bunch of transfers transfer out. It's it's kind of like a weird program state of the program for Maryland. Um, I would expect this to go, and and it, knowing this team, we have a senior, not a senior quarterback, but a, a veteran quarterback. We got the running backs in. We strengthened the defense tremendously. Um, you know, we have our star wide receiver back. I, you know, I think we're built to get to October first and be five and zero. I like the confidence because then this is obviously you've you've seen this, this is bulletin board stuff for you. Go. Or at home, Ohio State. That's, Five and zero at home, Ohio State. That's gonna be a loss, sir. Uh, yeah, it's just it's not in the same. St- I, I listen as long as we're more competitive than last year it was like forty nine to seven before you could blink. Uh, as long as we're more competitive and at least you know try to maybe a thirty eight to twenty one even I would like a seventeen point loss I'd at least say hey you know we weren't brain dead you know but yeah it's um. Ohio State's just on a on another level, and they they compete for championships and things like that for reasons because they they're just good at recruiting. They are the machine. So the machine. All right. So we stumble for our first L, but then we got homecoming at home again against Wisconsin. Five and one. Turn right around. <laughs> yeah. See, that's going to be an interesting one. I was going to um, ask where, where you think the gauntlet is on your schedule, but I I know the it's, answer. Already. It's right in this middle stretch right here, obviously. Yeah, I don't. Yeah, I I don't know. Wisconsin, they're always decent, and I feel like Wisconsin. Oh, we typically play well at Wisconsin for whatever reason, uh, and they usually play well at Spartan Stadium. So I don't know. It, it depends really how banged up we are after Ohio State. Kind of like I said, if it, if it's right. just an absolute absolute ball buster against Ohio State and we just get embarrassed, um, might have a little bit of a hangover, right? And the fans will kind of right. lose a little bit of juice. So, WRL. I'll probably say an L. Okay, right, that's fine. Five and two before we're going to Ann Arbor. Now you get the buy in between, so we're fresh legs, fresh bodies, right? What are we thinking there? Five and two. I think it does. I think it just, this is the only game that matters. It's the only game that matters. Okay, so so there we go. Six and two at this point. Illinois, Rutgers, Indiana, any L's in that trio? Oh, God, I'd hope not. Um, You never know with Illinois. You never really know with any of these teams. Uh, right, and this is this right. is where like it starts to get colder. Like I said, the injuries start to to balance up. Assuming that everything just stays kind of as is, obviously I would expect to win at least two of those games. You know, because okay, so, I, I, I would I feel like we would drop one of them because I and, right. and and then we finish the season with Penn State. We pay, play Penn State very well. It's at Penn State though. So my my kind of um, ceiling, my floor ceiling going into this. Eight. Our floor, yeah, I think like eight and four, right? Because there's twelve games. Yeah, I think so, or like I, if we could walk out of there eight and four, I'd say you know what? That's still this is Mel Tucker's really like because you know the COVID year right. didn't really count. First year was tremendous. I would expect maybe a little bit because people now are kind of aware. But God, I mean, we brought in some good transfers. Eight and four is absolutely the the bottom for this. Anything less than that, I'd be like. Yeah, we might be open to a little bit of criticism. I think even if we go eight and four, people will be like, oh, this is eight and four, Mel Tucker, this $10 million. It's like, <laughs> look at the schedule we have. Look at the Big Ten. Going eight and four is not terrible. And then you, if you win your bowl game, nine wins, you're never going to, you know, shit on a nine win season. So eight and four, I think, are, I think are the highest we can go. I think 10 and two, again, is achievable. 
Um, it's probably going to be somewhere in the middle of nine and three, and I would still be really happy with that. But it's really like where I, where I want to see is the games against Ohio State. Are we competitive? Um, don't get embarrassed by Michigan if you if you lose close. If it's a good game and you lose, it is what it is. Um, and then like Wisconsin, Penn State, it's just like you should be on decent level playing field with those two. Right. Um, one's at home, one's away. So that's why I think we'll probably lose the Penn State one. Maybe win Wisconsin at home. Yeah, so eight and four, so, ten and two. If anything okay. less, kind of a bummer. Seven and a half is what Vegas got you at. So right. it sounds uh, like no matter yeah. what, <laughs> we're taking the over. Right. Well, last year the, the that was my my money maker last year. Fucking <laughs> listen, four. The fact they had you guys at four was it four and a half wins? I think it was three and a half. Three and a half or four is when I got it. I was just like, there's just no way that it's gonna be that bad. <laughs> Well, it, well, I don't think your your money's going to be any easier this year because obviously, just like we outlined, they, they're right on that dot. And I, from a third party perspective, ten and two, I I, I think there's a there's a chance. I think but, if everything yeah, goes sold. well, right? Yeah. You you have me sold on eight and four. Like like I would I would jump in the same boat with you, and I would I would put money or however you want to dice it up. I would commit to the eight win season. Like, like that feels like a good, comfortable, like you can have that expectation going into the season and you're not going to get absolutely decimated at the end. Right. Because even like we, we do have depth. So even if you look at like worst case scenario, um, let's say like our, I think our main running backs can be Jalen Berger. He's in Wisconsin <laughs> transfer. He's highly touted. Even if he gets injured, we also brought in a Jarek Broussard from Colorado. Right. So it's like yep. we, we have depth at running back quarterback wise. That would suck. Don't get me wrong. Um, you know, Peyton Thorne has, was incredible last season. We have a really, really, really good retro freshman quarterback in Kaden Hauser who came in, uh, who's very, very highly touted. But we also have like Noah Kim. We have some backups there that I think even if our quarterback got injured, we could still navigate. Like, you know, let's say during the Ohio State game. So we've won those first five games. We lose that. We can I think we could still pick out three wins from the remaining like six games. Um, let's say even with a backup quarterback, because you have Illinois, Rutgers, Indiana. Right. That, that's right. probably where that would come. So it, it is all about starting five and zero. Like that, that really is kind right. of the. If you start five and zero, absolutely, we're gonna hit that win total. Right. Um, but you just don't know, man. You well, and and I feel like I feel like along that same line, like the Big Ten as a as a whole, as the entire conference, is obviously Ohio State is kind of been standing alone because they just always have an absurd amount of talent laying around. But outside of that, everybody else, I, I feel like where you win and lose those kind of those in between those iffy games, like obviously win the games you're supposed to win against Akron, duh. But then when you get into like you said with like that that stretch of like Rutgers, Indiana, you know, even like Penn State, it, it's just going to boil down to how prepared is that that next level below your starters? Because I feel like the Big Ten, the way that they recruit and the talent they pull. There's not in some instances like SEC, like your first stringers are like NFL dudes that are just studs, but then there's maybe a little bit of a drop off. I feel like the drop off isn't as dramatic in the Big Ten. So it's really just like if you can have those second, third string guys ready to roll, like you shouldn't really there should be no hiccup in your game, if that makes sense. Like like you should be able if those guys are ready, they know what they're doing, they know their assignments. The talent is there. Like, there's not a huge drop off. Coaching's of there as well. Yeah, right. it's so like like you should be able to win those kind of 50-50 ball games. It, it, it as it pertains to Michigan State, I should specify. Like the coaching, the talent you guys have, the the transfer portal, and all those things combined. Like this team feels different to me. Whereas before it was, you needed all your starters, you need everything to kind of go right to win those games you're supposed to win. Now I feel like this team is built to handle a little bit more adversity if the injuries do come along and they can pull out those wins in the kind of dog days of, you know, the, the schedule. It's going to be tough. It's going to be oh, tough, but yeah, I don't know. It's like, yeah, last season, that was the easiest hundred dollars I'd ever bet was the same put a hundred dollars. Right. Like, you know, I don't know this year, like I'm confident enough, but you know, you just, you just never know, and obviously with gambling, that's just that's how it works. But last well, year, like gambling, I, I could bet the fucking mortgage on it, you know. Yeah, oh, yeah. no, that's. But, uh, wait, wait, uh, but Utah's got a fun one. Utah's got a fun wait, one. Wait, 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 we got we got to wait one more pit stop as we work our way out west because the only team we care about in the Big Twelve is of course our Boomer Sooners. Oh, that's right, that's right. Uh, and we're just gonna well, we'll rapid fire this bad boy too because I I this is not a shock to anybody, and I think even our loyal Boomer Sooner fans who listen will probably agree. 
Probably not the high caliber team that we're used to seeing. Obviously, there was some some talent that was posed. Is quarterback what is it? Is it Mackenzie Milton? Is that who they brought in? So let me pull it up on my fifty thousand fucking tabs. I've opened my tiny laptop. God, my new desk setup is just detrimental. It's tiny. I got like four laptops and no space. It's they, terrible. They brought in. They brought in quarterback. They did uh, in general booty. <laughs> They're damn right, but it, but while you looked it up, so obviously every two cupcake games out of the start, uh, at home UTEP, at home Kent State, two and zero, obviously. But I think the success Dylan Gabriel is Dylan Gabriel. Sorry, Dylan Gabriel. Dylan. I think the success may be stunted by week three. And tell me if I'm crazy here, Kyle. They go play at Nebraska, and Nebraska is a team that we look at last year. They at were like Nebraska. They were like. To, they were like four possessions away from going from a three-win team to like a seven-win team. Oh, like yeah. they were in every single game, and and I feel like this might be the year where. And I know the the hump is not you know obviously like championship hump, but like the hump in regards to winning these close ones. So I think Oklahoma might trip up early against Nebraska. We might be looking at two and one after week three. After that, Kansas State at home that should be take care of business. TCU. Puts up a good fight, but right. eventually, like, I, the scoring is just too much for a team like TCU. Red River rivalry, always a toss-up, but I just got to give it to them. Uh, at Kansas, the the powerhouse out in the fog, probably a dub. Iowa State. <laughs> Kansas does put up a decent I know, I know. That's what I'm saying. Like, I'm, mm. that's, a, that's a half joke. Uh, Iowa State, Baylor, West Virginia, and then Oklahoma State. That that four right there. If you could pull out two wins, like that's 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 a good thing. Wrap it up at Texas Tech. I think they win at Texas Tech. So that's our that's our sooner talk. Uh, again, a great great head coach hire. Good talent still there, but I, I mean I don't know if they're going to be able to bounce back 100. percent So this may be like a four four loss season for old Boomer Sooner. Something they're not really. Accustomed, so, you know, Sooner fans, sound off in the comments. Tweet us what, like, what is your? Give us your floor. Like, what's your floor yeah, as yes. far as expectation goes? And then give us the ceiling. You, like, you know who's going to give us the best response? It's going to be Beats because he's going to give us his floor, and then he's going to give us his realistic take. And I'm very intrigued to hear what his realistic outlook on this season would be. <laughs> be interesting. <laughs> so let's let's continue our journey out west. <clears throat> Out with the Utah Utes, uh, and I, I'm Utes. a big fan. This is fun. They open on the road at Florida in the swamp. Oh yeah, fight, fighting Heath Eustaces. Uh That's gonna be a fun game, and I think Utah. I think this is gonna be because Utah finally started. People started taking notice. It only took two absolute shellackins, a whoopins of Oregon, for right. people to you know to take notice. Right? They they finally took notice. Take, take note, um, dog. And then they took Ohio State to the absolute. Just uh, they had them. Oh. Uh, what a game Fire. that was, you know, what a game that was. But now USC's back, and they're the darling, and you got Oregon still. It's Phil Knight. It's Nike. Utah still got a lot to prove. They got our our boy, our, our probably favorite quarterback in cultural football right now, <laughs> Cameron Rising. Cameron Rising. Thick boy thick, Rising. Thick boy. He's just – he's so fun to watch. He's just so weird, and he's just good. And uh, Utah just has that physical mentality, and I think – I do think – this could be Coach Woodcock's season. I don't know. Who knows? Yeah. Um, they want to go out. But, okay, so here's good. So, open up on the road at Florida. I think that's going to be a big statement game. I know nothing about Florida. They've just kind of been, like, not necessarily a dumpster fire, but they've been a fire that's located next to a dumpster, if that makes sense, you know? Just, yes. like, you know, nothing, not, you know, not raging, but it's not a full-blown dumpster fire. But they've been adjacent dumpster fire adjacent uh from what the florida standard had had been well and they're they're a team that in and this will ring true in the utah game they play up to the competition but they also play very down to their competition like they like they don't have that identity that's a solid identity so they're kind of wishy-washy across the board so i i anticipate this would be a good game but i know let's finish that i feel i feel like the Utes is a very winnable game for the Utes. yes uh yeah i think for them i think with with who they have coming back and kind of what they want to prove um, that'd be a great way to do it is a uh, week one against Florida um, at home against Southern Utah. That's obviously a dub <clears throat> revenge game against San Diego state that at home, <laughs> that should be a dub. Um, they go on the road at Arizona. You know, it's going to be hot or Arizona state, excuse me. Um, Arizona state is, is very much kind of in the midst of, of also being a dumpster fire with a lot of the off season stuff. And yeah, I think they're on probation to some sort. So I had to fire a bunch of coaches, Herm Edwards and his his dear buddy, who is the AD for 
um, a- ASU. They're they're both very much on the hot seat. Uh, and I love. I just I don't like him. I just don't like Arizona State. Just don't like him. He just rubbed me the wrong way. And uh, uh, that should be a big game for Utah. We usually play decent um, down there, so uh, that should be a dub as well. At home against Oregon State, another revenge game because Oregon State somehow beat Utah last season. We don't really know how that happened. They just ran the ball constantly. Uh, so another re- revenge game there. Um, <laughs> UCLA is on the road against UCLA. Um, that could be a tough one. Dub. You just no. don't know. Is, uh, Chip Kelly's still dub. there, right? He doesn't matter. It's it's it's, it's going to be it's going to be a game we're going to see it on TV. Half the Rose Bowl is going to be Utah fans, anyways, and it's only going to be half capacity. And this is. This this should be a, a very it, – it'll be a good game, but when I say good, like Utah will be in the driver's seat for all of it, and they'll win this game. Just just call my shot now. Okay. So you, so you say we have an undefeated 6-0 Utah Ute team. So I, I, Florida, Florida does give me pause. I, I do think it's a winnable game, but the fact that it's week one right out of the gate in Gainesville – it's a little the air a little wetter down there in Gainesville, a lot hotter down there in Gainesville. Not saying that plays a huge factor, but I feel like when you talk about a game out of the gates, it's, you know, and if this is a neutral site game, maybe it sways my opinion. But I just feel like this is not going to set the tone for the season because I feel like this kind of ricochet one-off Florida game won't dictate the season, but if Florida shows up to play, because again, SEC talent is there. Florida's a down team in the SEC, but there's obviously talent there. They put, they put guys in the NFL every year, so they're there. Uh, so it could be could be undefeated, but realistically, maybe a one loss Utah team before we go into USC. Well, that's because that's the big one, right? Because you know, and then we'll right. we'll have to take it look at USC schedule as well. Um, but this is going to be what all of the talks about. Like I said, USC and Caleb Williams, right. who is a tremendous talent, as our Sumer Sooner fans could uh-huh. uh, could attest. Um, you know, but can they kind of put it all together? I mean, this is basically just Oklahoma of the West now is USC, you know, it's Lincoln Riley, uh, Caleb Williams, uh, all those other people they've brought over. So, uh, but it's at home, uh, it's at home where, I mean, Rice Eccles is going to be absolutely fucking bouncing. I would love to say, oh yeah, I'm going to go to that game, but we just know how that works in my life where nothing works <laughs> that. So I would love, it's going to be a night game. Little Pac-12 after dark, um, but it should be a marquee matchup. And Utah always does kind of rise to those those big games. Um, uh, absolutely. Just, Listen, they don't sell beer in the stadium, but I will say, and I haven't been in there, but just going to check out the vibe for that Oregon game. Salt Lake's a little bit of a slept-on football town, so I mean, this this the Eccles will be rocking, and this will be. A, I really hope they don't screw us out of this game being like a Pac-12 after dark because I feel like this could be a, a great or like, it'll be like kind of the evening I don't know because after dark usually that's when it's like the nine o'clock and it's Arizona versus UCLA and it's like but, it, it, but it's just because like, I think October 8th, so they're clear on October 8th because that's when Alabama Texas A&M which will be the prime it doesn't matter that'll be the primetime game so I I guess it depends who else is there but I mean I wouldn't mind like this like what eight o'clock kickoff Kyle what's, what's wrong with the eight o'clock kickoff yeah, we'll have to take a look. Is that too late we'll for have you? To... Yeah, fuck, you know how it is. You know how it is now. <laughs> yeah, you're, hey, your god, my goddaughter will be asleep by then. So it's that that works out. Yeah, we hope. Fuck, man. Yeah, no. <laughs> but uh, so, so uh, real quick, on the other side of the perspective for USC, they're Rice, Stanford, probably Stanford, probably the toughest game they're going to have before they run into Utah. Because then it's Fresno State, Oregon State, Arizona State, Washington State. But Arizona State, Washington State, both at home. So... I think USC comes rolling into this game pretty hot because what they what they get fortunate that Utah doesn't is they get Rice a nice little momentum builder game before Stanford, whereas obviously Utah starts out of the gate hot. But I When's think their bye before, week, the USC, yeah, it's the it's the week after Utah. Okay, ooh, so they're looking ahead, trying to get a nice little break, and I think that's the same for Utah as well. Um, yeah, a little bye week right after the USC game. Yeah. But, yeah, it, Notre Dame at the very end of the schedule, that'll be, I mean, because we could be talking about an undefeated USC team, so that'll be a lot of fun to watch. But 
I don't think USC is bulletproof, and especially coming to play at Utah and Salt Lake City. I, I think well, that they the, can give the everything. Well, the beauty of Utah, especially getting like, you know, they have these transfer kids coming in from Oklahoma and things like that. I, and this is not an insult to intelligence. I don't think Caleb Williams could have could point out where Utah is on, this, on the map if, if, huh. if you showed him. <laughs> like, you know, like, and that's, that, that plays to Utah's favor, right? Because right. teams typically in the national media sleeps on Utah. Right. Um, you know, but... So that that's it. Oh, it's gonna be a good for game. Utah. For Utah, I think what you what you're hoping for as a Utes fan is when you're watching USC. We're building up to this game. It, it, you don't even need them to trip up and lose a game. But if USC is not kind of blowing the doors off of people and they're not lighting it up and, and there's a little bit of clunkiness in their game when they're rolling into Salt Lake, like if they haven't right. kind of ironed right. it out, that's where that's where you're gonna fall because Utah is gonna be a very buttoned up, very buttoned up team, Even right. regardless of an L in Gainesville to start the season or not. Very well oiled machine, very buttoned up. Cam Rising knows how to get that team going, knows how to kind of rally the troops when things are a little sluggish. So if you're a Utes fan, you're just hoping, not even for a, a loss, but just an undefeated USC team who maybe hasn't found their rhythm. They're kind of closing out these like late game antics, squeaking wins out. That'll be the best case scenario for Utah. Even and then even if they are a well oiled machine, I think we're just gonna see two Titans of the Pac twelve just clash. And I think it's gonna it would be it'll be a fun game to watch regardless. Right, um, because this is kinda like, you know, I think USC's gonna come in and think like, Oh yeah, we've always been here, this is our conference type of thing, and Utah's right. like, nah, like it it go very much goes through Salt Lake City. Oh, like, I, I, I think the Pac twelve, like you just said, one hundred percent goes through Salt Lake City. I, I, I think Utah is the most well put together. They have a lot of good returning guys. They have a lot of good veteran leadership hanging around. USC, they just have a program mentality, right? You go to Utah, exactly. you know what to expect. Hard-nosed defense, you know, draft picks. You know, they just right. had Devin Lloyd go very high. And, yeah, just like you said, if USC, even if USC somehow loses a game beforehand or if they don't feel like they're in it, right, let's say they lose a game or two, you know, Utah could even lose a game or two, but they would still show up absolutely right. full-hearted for this game, whereas right. USC might be checked out, right? Or, well, like, you know. Yeah. It's going to be it's you we could we have a very real possibility and and I would argue that that we're kind of erring on the side of this possibility becoming a reality where look at Spencer Rattler in the Oklahoma situation this could be the same exact situation going out to USC where it was all this build up it was like oh this this is he's the prodigal son like he's going to do deliver us to greatness and it doesn't happen insert Caleb Williams where he kind of gets his his launch pad into you know fame but if Caleb Williams goes out there and you get all these this media hype and all eyes are on you and, and you know you're playing these kind of primetime games to start and things aren't clicking, I think that locker room turns south very quickly. Very, I, I don't think, I, I don't think that Lincoln Riley can pick up that team and like kind of put the pieces back together if they don't start off hot and just blow the doors off of teams. Like I, I feel like that'll be a very uphill battle he has to fight. Or injuries too, you just don't know. Right. Yeah, it's just yeah, because Caleb Williams quite the scrambler. You don't know what the offensive line because USC was ass. It wasn't just like oh they just needed a quarterback last season. Like they were they were bad. They were bad bad last. And season. that's what and that's what like I, I feel like we're missing is like okay Oklahoma not not a defensive university by any means. Like they're not you know known for their defensive prowess, but. They had a very good offensive line. Like Oklahoma always has good offensive lines. It may not look like it because the quarterbacks are always just scrambling around, which some would argue they probably premature break down the pocket. But it's not like he's stepping into a program that had the solid foundation. You're just you're just putting the lipstick on the pig and hoping to God that the rest of it works out in the in the long run. But and I agree with you. He could go out there, and we could be watching this offense just flounder from the start because there's no salt. It's not salt on the offensive line. Like we haven't quite gelled with all these other players. Like you're just throwing in a whole lot of these pieces from different schools to different places, and hoping to God that it all pans out in time for the season. Yeah, I mean, my prediction though, really for for USC, I think they're going to come out. They're going to blow the doors off of Rice. Uh, Caleb oh, Williams yeah. probably going to put up like five or six touchdowns because you right. just run kind of four or five plays against right. Rice, and you, you're going to score a touchdown every single time. Um, same with Stanford, Fresno State. Don't sleep on. Yeah, they were kind of my dark horse last year as well. I, I know, um, but I, I don't even think I don't even think you could blow over Stanford that quick. Like I, I feel like Stanford. Stanford's while bad. it's, I don't know, it, they're, yeah. they're bad, bad. But at Stanford is what is what if this was. At USC, I feel like this is a no-brainer. Stanford has, like, the worst home stadium, though. I'm not saying, though. I'm not saying it's the home field advantage. I'm just yeah. saying 
Stanford always plays just very. That's true. They get played very tough. That is true. Always, always very tough, very ugly games. And so this is this is a game where if we go into the fourth quarter and if it's tied or or you know USC's only up by like three, Stanford can just drag this out and make this so ugly that they may even win this game. Like it's going to be one or the other. It's either going to be an ugly game down the end, or or. USC is going to put up 75 and like, we'll just look back at this episode and laugh at my dumbass. But I do think Stanford has the ability to play them ugly and keep it close. Well, yeah, Caleb Williams, he's absolutely going to be the September Heisman. I'm, I'm just calling my shot now where he's going to come out, have a few big games oh, yeah. because they want to talk about USC. They want to talk about, you know, um, just LA, anything LA related in general. Oh, yeah. And so if they have a quarterback who lights up against Rice and even Stanford, immediately oh he's the Heisman favorite this and that look at him Lincoln Riley blah 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 look at what he's done with the other quarterbacks you know so and then you have Jordan Addison out there as well it's just gonna be yeah right. so uh but yeah it'll it would be very much a Utah thing to knock him off because I do think that this is kind of Utah's last really good go like if if like to say like hey this is this has been our conference this is our conference but right. eventually USC is going to catch up right they like they have they're going to have the money all the resources blah 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 right and right. uh and wits getting older and things like that so so anyways uh god that got me excited I you know <laughs> and then yeah and then USC Notre Dame at the end of the year who knows let me let me just take a quick peek at all the old fighting Irish hey guys. hey when that when that the week before that game. We got to get our, our man Brady, who tweets the pod. We got to get him on because he is a diehard Notre Dame fan. And yeah, I mean, he, he looks forward to that. He's got this on his calendar two years ago. I like it. I like it. Yeah, this, that'll be good. Yeah, Notre Dame's kind of got a weird schedule. They play Clemson. Who knows what Clemson's going to be? You know, that's kind of. I, I hope they're bad, but they have a pretty a pretty easy schedule from the. If I'm taking the first glance. Okay, last, last team, quick glance Miami Hurricanes. Let's take a look. They open up against our boys at Bethune-Cookman, always a staple in Miami's <laughs> schedule. <laughs> a rivalry uh, is all this time. Southern Miss. Ooh, this is going to be good. September 17th, Miami versus Texas A&M at Kyle Field. Hey, hey. Ooh, that's going to be fun. You know, I love I love rooting for Miami. They're always a fun team to watch. You know, So who knows? In Miami, you got crystal ball down there. I don't know. Um, I, Tennessee, UNC, Virginia Tech, Duke, Virginia, Florida State is November 5th. Georgia Tech, the 12th. Clemson, and then Pitt. So, I mean, I this is know. no surprise, but Mario Cristobal, that hire – of all the different moving pieces that's gone on in this offseason, that has the most direct impact on Miami this year. Because no offense to Manny Diaz, he, he, there's a lot of winnable games there that they just kind of choked on. Oh yeah, I think I think I think this is gonna he's gonna right the ship. And I'm not maybe not a total like 180 in the span of a season, but I, I like the direction they're going. I and, mean, they, they, Miami was decent last year, but yeah, just like you said, they were they were just a few. Even the Michigan State game, that was one that like kind of just got away from him at the end, you know. But then right. lost two points uh, against Virginia, lost to the very end against UNC, squeaked to an ad against North Carolina State, and then you know one against Pitt, one against Georgia Tech, the Florida State game. That one kind of sucked for sure, yeah. Um, you know. But yeah, you flip those three games and they're they're in the top fifteen. Yeah, same with this. I mean, God, if they if they can go down, they have a very here's favorable rooting schedule. Against this season, I'm absolutely rooting against Texas A&M. Absolutely. Just don't like love rooting it. against Arizona it. State. Let's see. I'm rooting against, obviously, Michigan. Um, and uh, Clemson, I typically root against. Um, yeah, that's that's about about it. So, you know, I don't know. Texas A&M, that'll be, that'll be a fun one. Very, very fun one. Yeah. So there we uh, go. I, I'm, I'm looking at it right now, and, it, like, Texas A&M, probably now. I mean, they bought the recruiting class, so a bunch of cheaters. Uh, but after that, I mean, and I know these are there's a handful of toss-ups here, but, the, I mean, if, if things come together, maybe a two-loss team? I mean, if they – if they Clemson probably being an L, just depending on what team shows up, Texas A&M, but – North Carolina, Virginia Tech. I mean, there's some good teams here, but these aren't teams that are like blowing the doors off anybody. I mean, these are all very, very winnable games. This is a very, this is this is about the best schedule you could ask for for the first season of of Mario Cristobal being there. Like, like this is the first 
season here in this schedule. Got a good quarterback. Yeah, Tyler Van Dyne coming back. He's going to be right. talked about for NFL like prospects as well. A lot of people you, like him. You get a couple easy dubs under your belt before you go play Texas A&M. Texas A&M is probably a, a gauge game, kind of gauge where you're at, where your team's at, how good are we. And after that, Middle Tennessee, bye week, North Carolina, Virginia Tech, Duke, Virginia, Florida. I mean, close Those out. Those are teams that you pit. should win as Miami, right? right? right. Especially if Clemson, if they're, if they're down a little bit again, you have to, have to, have to. Uh, yeah, I don't know. It'll be interesting. Can you imagine a world where Miami's back to being like a two-loss team, even like a three-loss team? That's, I mean, <laughs> a two-loss awesome. team. I think is probably right where they're at. But it, like, don't get me wrong. As much as I love Miami, I don't want them to get too high again. <laughs> no, right, right. But, but I don't think I, anyone's ready for that. No, two two-loss team. But I do think, and this is not any ill will towards Miami because I also, you know, root for the Hurricanes. You know, Daddy Fat Stacks, but. The stretch of North Carolina, Virginia Tech, Duke, Virginia, Florida State, Georgia Tech even. Like that stretch, I, I feel like there could be a a letdown somewhere in there. So it could be a three-loss team, realistically speaking. But it'd be, it's going to be so much fun, though. It's going to be <laughs> a well-coached Miami team. Woo! I know. I'm, I'm excited. I'm very excited. And just this in general, I'm just getting excited about, you know, college yes! football and and whatnot, you know, it's just we're getting ever so closer, but we're still, you know, a decent chunk away, which is fine. You know, we, we got some got some things to work out and, and whatnot. But um, yeah, I'm glad we we're able to come back. Take took a little hiatus. You know, summer might be a little. You know, we're obviously going to try to keep things consistent, but <laughs> it all not depends really a whole lot on my goddaughter's sleep schedule. Yeah, listeners, basically. it all depends on how, if Kyle can get any sleep. Yeah, that's that's kind of what it boils down to. So, it's um, but uh, hey, we got new carpet down in the in the in the cool room. Hey, you know? so hey, it's funny because you know a lot of houses now people are like oh like carpet like what do you do? I would say like old carpet or other people's carpet is kind of gross, but new carpet, especially in an area that like you've walked down, it kind of had that like utility tile as the flooring. It used to be a garage, you know. It was never like comfortable to walk down. You take your shoes off, walk down, it's like nice and soft, and just like. Hell yeah! You know? Do we go the? I mean, I'm, I'm guessing short, short shag carpet. Oh yeah. Like just, or just no. I mean, just very, very short. Yeah, it's kind of matted. Very short, matted. Okay. You know? Okay. So like, it's good for like pets and stains and stuff like that. But yeah, they ordered way too much carpet for us. I mean, big ass fucking roll. I'm like, what the hell do we do with this? But like, even the steps like leading down to it are carpeted, which is nice. Doesn't creak as much. God, you know. So fucking happy. throw throw it out on your back porch. Little area rug. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Let me just say, uh, cover up my dead grass spots with some carpet. <laughs> there is that one commercial of the dude. I think it's a carpet company. He's like, all the all the carpet. He's like, I was like out there in his lawn. He's like vacuuming his carpet. It's stupid. I don't even yeah. know why I brought. That. I'm tired as fuck. Whatever. Oh, you're tired. Oh, you have a tough night sleeping at the Olson Manor. The hunt. You think it's no, no. Well, Anna woke up at like 3 a.m. and thought she smelled smoke, and then she decided to research it, and apparently. If you smell smoke, but there's no smoke, it's like a sign of a brain tumor. And so that went well. So they're, you know, 3 a.m. She's up there like paranoid. I'm like, oh, my God. I was going to say, yeah, Anna might not be the best person to Google anything health related, you know, because no. it's just uh, no. I don't it's just not that's just she, not where you she go. gets she gets in her she gets in her own brain hard. And so it's like 3 a.m. And she's like sitting straight up, like Googling things that I'm just like, oh, my God, I, I was also extraordinarily high when I went to bed. So I was just the room was like kind of spinning a little bit, but whatever. <laughs> <laughs> t- how did the dogs adjust? How how are they adjusting to the old? Uh, I mean, the dogs are fine. The father-in-law hates them, but he hates his own dogs. So it's kind of, that was kind of a oh, we could see that coming from a mile away. But uh, Goose has only shit on one carpet and ruined one carpet so far. So that's a good start. I mean, you know, all things considered, we're doing good, Kyle. Things are great. No dog doors at the house. I guess you, there's not really a dog door that would fit Goose. That's no, and the problem it happened. We were like the day we were moving in, so it was like me and Otto like grabbing shit and moving shit in, and he just was over in a corner that we couldn't see him, and he just shit all over the place. So that was super cool. But all things considered, Kyle, we're doing great. I mean, we get a little sports betting. I know you love sports betting. You just you you live for the sports betting talk. So if you want to fire it up again, you let me know. <laughs> we'll we'll have to get a, a yeah once once some more lines come out you know probably like a week or two yeah. a okay. couple of weeks before the game we'll definitely have the sports gambling and we can get you know the beats on we can get daddy fat sacks on um oh, listen i i'm an absolute <laughs> just bet with my my gut instinct 
Um, it's worked yeah. for me a couple times, and it's worked not worked a lot of times. So it's, I, you uh, know, I I've found a, a love for just betting, just betting the over in hockey because it, there's no better feeling than just being able to watch a hockey game and just hope that all the goals get scored. Right, like, and, and awesome. go go Avs go. By the way, Avs are wagon. Let's go. Uh, Dude, this is, uh... On record, Colin, I need you to say it. If they win, you're coming out here for the the victory parade. Because you it, keep saying it, joking. A lot of it but... depends on when. A lot of it depends on when. I got some trips already planned and things like that. But like that, <laughs> my intention absolutely would be to try to get out there for a weekend because that'd be so. <laughs> that'd be just a lot of and, then, fun. and then we can just go stay in the basement and not do a fucking thing all weekend. That'd be so much fun. Sounds good to me. But uh, <laughs> that's, that's all we got time for today, folks. It's been real. It's been fun. Um, we're looking forward to college football just like anyone else is. We want more NIL stuff to happen. We'll have to plan some more just kind of uh, kind of off, you know, off topic conversations and things like that. But um, yeah, Mike, anything else you'd like to bestow upon our loyal listeners? Mm, no, no. I'm going to go uh, pretend to work and probably finish watching Stranger Things. So ha- every, have a blessed started, Thursday, yeah. Kyle. Everybody else have a blessed Thursday. It's a good show. It's a good season. So oh, far. I'm not gonna uh, uh, I've watched, I just haven't watched new season. No, no, no. I, I mean, like, this new season is pretty good. So, take, take it from You give me your full recap when you finish it. We'll, we'll I talk did. about it. <laughs> Alright, Dan. This has been Name Image Podcast. Like, re-subscribe, all that fun stuff. Tweet at us. We're, we always say we need to be more active on Twitter, but we're just not. And it's hard. And we just need a social media manager. So, if you want to run on Twitter for nothing, maybe. maybe I mean, <laughs> or if you're in the Colorado area, maybe Mike will buy a beer for your efforts. Uh, <laughs> We're accepting interns. So, uh, all right. Well, have a wonderful Thursday. And yeah, we will see you maybe next week, maybe the week after. Who knows? The fucking mystery, boys. Skip, we know Skip. Mm-hmm. Skip, I know Skip. Like that, Skip. Anything else you want to know about me, Skip? Mm-hmm.